0: Masters of the Cinematic Universe, and I'm Joe, and this is Doug, and this is Eric, and this is not deja vu for you, but it is for us.
2: <laughs> Very much so. We uh, we recorded this episode once already, and something happened to some audio, so we're going to do it again.
0: Hey, Eric, was your audio fine?
1: No, we're not playing the blame game here. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen. This, this is just one of those things that fucking happens. No and uh, you know it's it's for some reason this
0: this program we use to record online since we don't all live in the same area um, it fucks up from time to time usually when we have an important guest on or whenever we do an episode that took forever and Doug was leading
2: well exactly the guy who talks the most lost all his audio (laughs) it's kind
0: of hard when Doug's leading the episode and we lost Doug's audio
2: it still (laughs) might have been a better episode though
0: I honestly was just going to send him our parts and let him try to redo his in between it (laughs)
2: That would have that been would have fucking been great.
1: Um, yeah, it happens, man. Like, look, yeah. w- what are we gonna do other than just roll with it? We're gonna we're gonna dive into this movie again because it's worth diving into again. We have all liked it. You yeah, know, at least this, it
0: wasn't at least it wasn't Search and Destroy. Yeah, I was
1: about to say this is not a Search and de- Listen. If we lost yeah. the audio from fucking Search and Destroy, I'd say fuck that movie. We're yeah, not just I about it again. never would have. Never that, would have had. Yeah, that's yet.
0: called divine <laughs> intervention.
1: <laughs> I'm an atheist, and I would convert.
2: Yes, exactly. You know what I
1: mean? Like, goddamn uh but no this is just one of those things um you know it was a good episode we had a good conversation going we're gonna we're gonna i didn't i didn't think we should go into this re-record pretending like we were doing it for the first time because i don't know it just feels like disingenuous like
2: and uh, i said it off air and i'll say it again i appreciate that because to try to keep that energy up might have been difficult yeah. So this like is cool. Like
1: we're, we're making the same jokes and like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> exactly. Clooney. Uh.
2: <laughs> exactly. So So what movie is it anyway, boys?
1: We are Oceans 11 this shit. That's handsomest it. heist movie in history,
2: man. Yeah, yep. man, Crush Central. <laughs> Holy shit. These are that's, some beautiful that's, uh, fucking men, man. These are my boys. Yeah, see, these are my see, boys. See, for me,
0: I mean, these are handsome men, but they're not the man crushes I would have. If I could recast this movie, oh, <laughs> there'd be some men crushes in there. Wait,
1: like okay. who? Like what are you, like a yeah, Momoa guy? All right,
0: wait, oh, let's have some fun with this. But since we, we'll, we'll skip what's new, and let's let's recast this movie, just like thinking about like what would have been our ultimate like man crush. But just, you can't use any of the people that are in it currently.
1: <laughs> all right, I'm game.
0: <laughs> so who would you make as your Danny Ocean and your perfect um, Ocean's Eleven if you couldn't use... Of course, Clooney.
1: I'm going to say this because of Doug, because of watching his favorite film which I had never seen. Can we time travel for this, by the way?
0: Oh, you can get whatever yeah, you want. Sure. All right.
1: Cool Hand Luke.
2: Yep, Paul Ooh, Newman.
0: That
1: would be great. Paul Newman as Danny Ocean would be fucking awesome, but a young, you know, a young like Cool Hand yes. Luke. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I I really I really like that, but I'm going RDJ.
1: Ooh, okay,
2: that's a nice pick. No, All see, right. I think R D J might be a better uh, Rusty because he's got that.
0: Mm, I already have someone else for Rusty. <laughs> right. That's the one perfect in mind for Rusty for me at least.
1: Joe's been thinking about this for a while. Let him. Yeah, go, right. Him go. Jeez. Him go. All,
0: All right. All right. Since I'm going down the IMDb cast list, I'm gonna. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna go in the order it's on. Okay. Uh, what who would you use for your Frank Catton if you couldn't use Bernie Mac? Oh,
2: <sighs> that's so I don't tough. I ever replace Bernie. Um.
0: It's got to be funny, whoever it is. Yes. Well,
2: yeah, that's
1: the thing. I'm going to say an
0: Eddie Murphy and his brother. Yeah,
2: Eddie Murphy would work in that.
0: Damn, Eddie Murphy would be good also. You guys are, like, too much on the same page here. I don't like this. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> We're supposed to, like, argue about this. And have Listen, some Doug is my
1: brother from another man. You know <laughs> there this. You go.
0: <laughs> well, Doug's other brother from another mother and father. That's <laughs> it's all the real fucking credit. But... um. <laughs> Uh, I would almost use just a stick with the kings of comedy. I put Steve Harvey in there. Uh,
2: I see can't stand I hate Steve I hate Hart. him as a human being. Hey. So, uh, see, look at see, that. See, there's another one. I hate him as a human being. He's an awful person. The an Absolutely uh, awful person. But then
0: again, person. I separate arts and artists so we're good. I don't
2: <laughs> I right. don't.
0: Nope. Now moving on to your Rusty.
2: Uh well if I can't if I can't have RDJ for me, how about Ryan Reynolds? Oh that's oh, so good, Ryan is good too. I think Ryan Goddammit. Reynolds would be great as Rusty.
0: I wanted to use Hemsworth, though, but fucking Ryan Reynolds would be great. Ryan Reynolds.
2: Hemsworth would be a great Damon. Yeah. Great Hemsworth. Linus.
0: But Brad Pitt and Hemsworth look very similar, too. Yeah. Do I don't know. I don't know. No.
2: Damon's Damon's half a pretty boy. I mean, Brad Pitt's a pretty boy. Damon's, I don't know. I think those two might work.
0: I can interchange them. I'll, I'll do Ryan Reynolds as one and then Chris Hemsworth as the other. And I don't care which one's which. Okay. Okay.
1: I, I love Ryan Reynolds as Rusty. That's fucking. I do too. That's, that's brilliant. Really yeah, good.
0: that really is good. Um, okay, so that's four down because we're gonna, we already knocked out the Damon fucking uh yep. Matt Damon character. Uh, how about Reuben?
1: Reuben, damn. How do you Elliot Gould go, is such like a. Oh.
0: I'm gonna He's, go
2: with Paul Rubens. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> really? Oh dude, come Paul on. Paul Rubens. That's the no, worst pick. Paul of. Rubens would be good as uh, as Winston.
0: Oh, he the, the, would. The,
2: the 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 electronics guy. He, he would be would, good yeah. at that, you know.
0: <laughs> I just thought his name's Paul Rubin. <laughs> Rubin. <laughs> 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 I'd be like his character from um, Blow. Hold on, yeah,
1: can exactly. You, can you what? pull up a line of dialogue for? Uh, who do we say Paul Rubens would be better as?
2: As Could, Winston, the, as the electronics guy. Win- as Win,
1: yeah. Um, uh, hold. On. You guys keep talking. I'm gonna find something here. Well, not Winston
2: works. Livingston. His name is Livingston. Livingston.
1: Yeah. Okay. All
2: right. So we'll keep talking. So I got to jump a little bit. So I was thinking about this today, coincidentally. All right. The role of Basher. Right. I okay. love Don Cheadle, but who should have played it in two thousand one, and I would still want to play it today, would be Tier Lenny Tower. James. Oh. No, Lenny James.
0: <laughs> I was just thinking because, like, you know, Don. Cheadle yes, stole I Tier know. The, yes, that'd be, that'd be
2: fucked up. But no, Lenny James because Lenny James obviously wouldn't have to fake the accent yeah, so it would be part it'd be flawless and i think he could do that i think he would be great in that role
0: yeah so. i think that would be pretty good what about the uh the fucking mormon twins
2: oh i'm trying to remember who they might have had it's in the trivia somewhere who they might have had um, talked about how about if it was ben
0: haflick <laughs> instead of casey Affleck? That'd be funny. <laughs> that'd be pretty funny and um uh, I don't know who else to do the Scott Conroll because Scott Con like so fucking. Uh,
2: yeah, I know. I know.
0: Unique as a character.
2: Yep. Um, yep.
0: I'll, I'll go with Jeremy Piven.
2: <laughs> oh God! <laughs> what a dick!
1: <laughs> all right, this is not going to work. I was going to try to do a bad uh, Paul Rubens impression, but I can't find any dialogue. So fuck.
2: Ah, uh, all I can do is the laugh, and it's bad. That's my. That's the extent of my imitation. I have. All right. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I <laughs> no, hear it. it's just. it's just. <laughs> I mean, and that's bad. It's all perfect, though. That's all you got to right. do. All right, well, that's I it. Try, that's all I can I do. I try to do the, where I talk an enorm, in a norm in a low voice. <laughs> that's pretty good, though. That's pretty yeah. good. So, all right, we want to get into this thing. Let's well, do. We it. got well, we
0: got at least one more to do.
2: All right, what do we got? Saul. And again, it's Carl Ryan. Why do we ever want to fuck with that guy? I know, but
0: you got to because it's part of the fucking rules of the game. <sighs> but I want to do so Rodney good. Dangerfield. <laughs>
2: Well, then Mel Brooks. Why not? They were best friends. Oh, Mel Brooks. Oh, yes. Mel Brooks. They were best friends. Mel Brooks and, could
0: do that. And I think we. I think that's everybody except the 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 Asian guy. What's his name again?
2: Yen, the amazing Yen. Yen. But yeah. I mean, he, they they hired him as an actor because he could actually do the shit. Yeah, so so Jackie Chan. Flips. Jackie Jackie Chan. He does
0: his own stunts. Come on. He
2: does. He does. But he's that, a little. Is
0: that everybody? Did we do? do we get all eleven? I
1: mean, we got the the big ones.
2: Yeah. I think.
0: We even got the small one.
2: <laughs> 95 pound Chinese guy
0: Yeah Alright,
1: yeah. let's get into this
2: thing Alright, let's do it Let's do it So, yeah, so Ocean's Eleven uh, It was released on December 7, 2001 um, Again, Deja Vu This might have been mentioned on the last time uh, This was a movie that Erica and I saw We used to sneak When we went Christmas shopping My parents would watch the kids And we would sneak a movie in when we were out at the mall and this was one of our Christmas movies that year. We went Christmas shopping and, and caught Ocean's Eleven in a theater. Um, I, I still haven't told my parents we used to do that. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so yeah, so Ocean's yeah. Eleven. They were watching the
0: kids like, it must yeah. have been really busy today at the mall. It was crazy taking, at the like, mall It three and hours and to, like, yeah. get to go to shop in. I saw a yeah, picture like everyone from Long Island talking. <laughs>
1: Every mom from Long yeah. Island's like a weird yenta voice. Right?
2: <laughs> no, she's like right.
0: the the lady that fucking talks to ghosts up there. Long Island medium. The Long
2: Island oh, media. God. Oh, God and they
0: all talk like this.
2: <laughs> None of them talk like that, but that's okay. They all do.
0: <laughs> Every single fucking one of them.
2: We're gonna we're gonna pull your we're gonna pull your uh, invitation card, Joe. You know. <laughs> <all right. laughs> it's okay. I wasn't going anyways. <laughs> all right.
0: <laughs> but you are coming to Florida, like my.
2: I am. <laughs> Uh, so this movie is directed by Steven Soderbergh. Um, he also did the sequels Twelve and Thirteen. Did a great movie called Out of Sight with George Clooney that I absolutely love. I'd love to get that in the list someday. Uh, did another great movie with uh, Terrence Stamp called The Limey. You want a great revenge story? That's a that's a super movie. And uh, you know his award stuff came from Aaron Brockovich. He he wrote and directed that. So. Um, just a little tidbit before we start. So the entire cast uh, took a lot less uh, as far as pay goes to get this done. They, they all wanted to work together. They dug working with Soderbergh. So um, they, they definitely dropped uh, their salary demands for it. And as a bonus, they all got put up in seven thousand square foot villas <laughs> at the Bellagio during filming. So, that's, that's pretty cool, man. Not so yeah. bad, yeah. Exactly. So that
0: they so. didn't split uh, the chick
2: seven way, or eleven ways. No, no, Tess was not split eleven ways. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's I'll say, four. I'll say. Before we dig in, I recently saw. I guess Clooney's doing like one of these omaze things, like uh, you know, raise money for charity, and yeah. you can win a chance to have dinner at his house with his wife and stuff oh, like shit. in will fly you to italy or whatever right oh, wow but he put together this kind of funny skit where you know he's telling you all this stuff you can win and then like let's talk to this like he'll make friends with you he's a cool guy let's talk to this guy he just showed up at his house and started hanging out and it's some guy he's like yo don't hang out with george clooney and they show like these <laughs> sketches of him like it's movie night what do you want to watch and he picks oceans <laughs> 11 he's like he, <laughs> Yeah, we've watched this movie like 20 fucking times, Clooney. He's like, it's just so good. And they're watching it. And in the skit, he's obsessed with Brad Pitt. Like, he's got posters of him all over the place. And so he's watching Ocean's Eleven. He's like, look at him eat. Oh, he just – look at the way he's eating all those snacks. It's so good, man.
2: Oh, I got to check that out. I did I, – I saw a couple of headlines stories about that, so I got to check that out. That's cool. You know, he definitely he, – he knows how to have fun – you know about himself fun with himself in that sense Um, oh yeah you know the self-deprecating stuff he doesn't have a problem with it so
1: well it was like predicated Uh, on he he met this guy on craigslist because he was trying to buy a batman figure of himself for (laughs) seven (laughs) dollars all (laughs) right that one had bat nipples
2: yeah yeah exactly oh he he even said said
1: like ah, it doesn't have the nipples on it but seven bucks like (laughs) can't beat it
2: that's great all right uh, so the movie opens up with, with some uh, you know uh, credits real quick but um, you hear prison sounds in the background you hear guards talking about you know the guy in the hall or whatever you know they're escorting someone down the hall things like that you hear footsteps you hear some you know cell doors clink and clack and such and then uh, you know we'll, uh, we'll start off uh, playing a clip here that sort of gets us into it roll it show. good morning
3: good morning
4: Please state your name for the record.
3: Daniel Ocean.
4: Thank you. Mr. Ocean, the purpose of this hearing is to determine whether, if released, you are likely to break the law again. While this was your first conviction, you have been implicated, though never charged, in over a dozen other confidence schemes and frauds. What can you tell us
3: about this? As you say, ma'am, I was never charged. Mr. Ocean, what we're trying to find out is Was there a reason
1: you chose to commit this crime, or was there a reason you simply got caught this time?
3: My wife left me. I was upset. I got into a self-destructive pattern.
4: If released, is it likely you'd fall back into a similar pattern?
3: She already left me once. I don't think she'd do it again just for kicks.
4: Mr. Ocean, what do you think you would do if released? Yo, mom. (laughs)
0: That's what I wanted him to say.
2: (laughs) Sorry, totally, total non sequitur, but you just reminded me, have you guys ever seen that clip at one of the cons where Brian Cranston's coming up to talk about Breaking Bad and a a member of the audience, this teenage boy gets up and says, you know, Hey, I'm from Albuquerque and you know, that's my, that's my hometown and I love it. And I just want to know, like when you were here filming, like, you know, what kind of stuff did you do? what did you do when you weren't filming? And Brian Cranston looks him square in the eye and goes, "Your mom,
0: <laughs> <laughs> my
2: man." It was like the best and worst thing ever, you know. No, I uh, did see that. That's awesome. Oh, it's great. It's so great. Uh, so, so yeah. So we, that that's uh, that's Danny Ocean. That's our our you know titular character. Yep, happy uh, Danny, Day. Yeah, <laughs> that's Danny Ocean at his parole hearing. So he's about to get out, and um, you know, in the next scene after that we see that you know his parole's been granted and he's he's getting out of prison he collects his belongings uh he's sort of in a tux you know um steps outside north jersey state prison um which is actually a little piece of trivia that was um rawway state prison uh previously i think it's closed now um that's where they filmed that scared straight documentary back in the 70s that try to scare us oh, you know, nice. kids back then into uh not going to prison
0: was that the one about putting ranch dressing on the crack of your ass
1: that's the
2: one. Yeah, that's the yeah. one, Joe. A hundred percent.
1: This is the first joke that we've made twice, by the way.
0: <laughs> but, we, but we might have made it in this same like. In oh, no, it was. Spot. it was. This, was it? it
2: was this spot. Okay,
0: good. I'm Okay, good. I, I set so. you up
2: for that. Absolutely. Oh, yes. This oh, is you. the, the
1: Groundhog Day.
2: Of yes. Fuck <laughs> Popeyes. Joke, watching that in the 70s, the ranch dressing on the crack of my ass, that's what kept me out of prison all these years. <laughs> Just so you know. All right. Uh, yeah, so uh, so that was Railway State Prison. Um, we now see Danny uh, in Atlantic City. He's coming up an escalator, and you know he's George Clooney, so he cleans up nice. You know he's got his he's got his hair done. He's shaved now. He's got a nice casual suit on. He's looking good. Um, he sits down at a blackjack table um, and asks for a change of one fifty. So you think he's changing one hundred and fifty until the dealer says, "Is uh, quarters or dimes and nickels okay?" <laughs> And, of course, that also goes back to the good old days because, you know, you can't touch a – if you if you find a $5 blackjack table in Atlantic City or Vegas, you're a lucky person.
1: You know uh, what, Doug? We should the, take you on the uh, – there's a, like, little day cruise in Florida. Sea
0: Escape takes you on a day cruise. Day
2: cruise.
1: Uh, it's a little gambling boat. And once you get out a certain distance, they turn yeah. on all the machines. And it's just a lot of like nickel slots, man. Like,
2: oh, know? geez. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm up for that. Yeah. I'm up for that.
0: Whatever you do, though, don't play the one game where you put your keys in a fishbowl.
1: Oh, that's a dangerous game.
2: <laughs> okay, no, I don't think so. They, they, <laughs> they used to call those key parties when I was young. But...
0: Yeah. Now they call them lemon parties. That's your old.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Exactly.
0: I <laughs> got him. <Exactly. laughs>
2: All right. He's so, Danny, he's, he's he's playing blackjack um and he's looking over the dealer's shoulder at another dealer who's talking to the pit boss uh that dealer comes over his name is ramon according to his name tag um he changes it you know danny's dealer leaves she's on break uh ramon subs in and uh and danny immediately calls him frank and ramon looks at him like no so he tells him no sorry you got the wrong guy i'm ramon um but he does tell Danny that if, you know, if you, Danny goes to get up, says the table's cold. And Ramon says, well, if you're looking for some action, um, the Caesars Lounge after one o'clock. So he's setting up a meeting. Um, so we then transition to the Caesars Lounge. Uh, Danny's looking at a news clipping of two characters we will meet, Terry Benedict um, and Ruben Tishkoff. Um, Ruben is a friend of Danny's, and, and Terry is our uh, protagonist in this in this movie. We'll get to know Terry. um antagonist he's the antagonist thank you joe you're You're welcome it's already too late for me i'm tired (laughs)
0: although technically he's really probably is the protagonist because he didn't do shit wrong he's just dating the wrong no that's
2: true i mean he's the one who got robbed yeah he's not not really doing anything wrong so maybe (laughs) he's the the protagonist that's (laughs) true I mean, if
0: you watch this movie from his point of view, he's like, what yeah. the "Fuck, George <laughs> Clooney's a real
1: douchebag." If you, you watch it from his point of view, he yeah. says,
2: "I'm, I'm, I'm kind of an asshole, but I'm not one hundred percent a dick." You know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Danny, Danny, and Frank start talking. Uh, Danny's first question to Frank is, "Have you seen him?" Um, and uh, and we don't know who yet, but uh, Frank tells him that yeah, at last he heard, he was uh, out on the west coast um, teaching teen TV stars how to play poker. Um that immediately transitions to our first shot of rusty ryan played by brad pitt um another one of my man crushes we've already talked about it the guy's a rock star we love him um he's eating which is a theme in this uh in this particular movie for his character rusty rusty is always eating something <laughs> um th- in this case it's a it's some nachos and it's messy but it, he doesn't care um he's approached by Topher Grace the actor who is playing sort of a, an exaggerated version though not by much from what I understand of himself in this movie um, he tries to convince Rusty to allow him to pay Rusty in checks for teaching him poker because then he can write it off Yeah, and, and Rusty wor- wordlessly shoots that down it's just great the look that he gives him and Topher goes no we'll stick with cash <laughs> um, we head inside this club that they're hanging out in um, and you know, <laughs> these lessons are a shit show. He's trying to teach these te- these teen stars or young adult stars, uh, TV stars, how to play poker. And they're dumb as dirt, all <laughs> of them. Um, it's a cool crew, especially for 2001. That's another thing. This movie is 20 years old now, which blows my mind. I was um, going to
1: say, man, this is like a snapshot of a weird place in time when it came to like, yeah. popular Actor. Television
2: shows, exactly. So, like, these actors, I mean, I mentioned Topher Grace. You got Joshua Jackson, Shane West, Holly Marie Combs, and Barry Watson. They were all in, I don't know, One Tree Hill. And I do not even know the names of these shows because I never watched any of them. Party of Five or whatever. Dawson's Creek, man. Dawson's yeah. Creek. Yes, right. That was Joshua Jackson, I think. Um, but, yeah, it's like a who's who of, of, of you know, teen TV show stars. Um, and they, they, like I said, they're they're dumb as dirt. They're dealing in the wrong direction. They get too many cards in their hands. They're asking for four cards and 5 cards stud. Just dumb shit, right? Um, <laughs> Rusty's had it. He can't take it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he, he, he takes a break out at the bar uh, to get a drink and sort of clear his head. And, you know, he has a stupid exchange with the bartender who can't hear a word he's saying, you know. Um, and one thing, if you don't pay attention, is that, while he's at the bar george clooney's character of danny ocean walks behind him you know you know rusty doesn't notice it but we we sort of see him in the background and i doubt i even saw it when i saw it in the theater to be honest with you it's not something you, you focus on right away it's just another person passing him in the crowd um rusty goes back into the back room and who's sitting at the table but danny um and topher says hey we got another player um so they proceed to eye each other up they obviously know each other this is who Danny's been looking for um, and they're having a conversation um, I forget which one of the, the the crew asked Danny what he does for a living and his comment is I just got out of prison and, and the TV stars collectively like turn white you know they, they don't know what to think this you know they've never probably never met anybody who's been in prison before um, and the reason being he stole things Um Incan matrimonial head masks is what uh, he, he stole. And uh, they get in the conversation back and forth again. Him and Rusty are talking about the, the value of these things. And, and while this is going on, they're playing a hand of poker. And Danny and Rusty are, are just fleecing the shit out of these kids. I mean, they, they've got a scam going on that they're running. And they're driving up the pot on the table um, with, with money. And, of course, you know, Danny wins the pot. Uh, it's just another way to get some money in his pocket. Um, they leave the club and, um, Rusty and Danny head out of the club and right behind them, Topher Grace is just being a dick to the crowd. It's kind of funny. He's in the background acting all surprised that people want his autograph and stuff. Um, so they get in the car, they go around to, around the corner to a club, uh, just to have a conversation. Danny wants to talk to, um, Rusty about a job he's got lined up for. Um, The key points being it's never been done before. It's going to take a large crew and a lot of planning. Uh, The take is eight figures each, which is very enticing. Um, While he's saying this, Rusty keeps asking him, what's the target? What's the target? And Danny's sort of avoiding it. And he finally says, "Mm, you know, when's the last time you were in Vegas? And Rusty's response is, you want to knock off a casino? And uh, (laughs) Danny holds up three fingers. Um, So (laughs) Rusty laughs, but we know he's in. I mean, you can just tell by the look on his face that he's, uh, he's ready to rock with this. So, um, we jump to our next scene where uh, Danny and Rusty are looking at blueprints during an office in a building somewhere. Uh, they're looking at a blueprint of the vault at the Bellagio, the, blo- the, the vault for the Bellagio Mirage and MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Um, you know, they're looking at these plans and they realize they need a multitude of cons and they've all got names. Um, you got the Bosky, you got a Jim Brown you got a Miss Daisy they need two Jethro's a Leon Spinks and the biggest Ella Fitzgerald ever um, these things sort of exist and there's a really cool thing that I could probably spend an hour talking about right now but I'd suggest looking it up because it actually breaks down what takes place in the movie each of these cons references a specific section of the heist that takes place later in the flick and it's pretty interesting reading um, so I would definitely recommend jumping on that Hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, it's cool. It's but like I said, it, it, it would take ten minutes per. So, we're, so we're like not, I'm not doing that this time. <laughs> if you're like
1: a real legit con man watching this movie, are you? Do you feel like they're, they're speaking my language, man? Like I know what an Ella Fitzgerald is, <laughs>
2: or, or are you like that's not how this would go? That's
0: yeah, not probably that's not
2: how this was goes. Because I, honestly, as much as I love this movie, we'll get into it as we move along. How some of it is. You know, so unrealistic, it's not funny. I mean, again, I'm the first one to suspend disbelief when I walk into a theater. But there's a lot of shit that just is impossible uh, on so many different levels. So, yeah, I don't know There's necessarily real, but it, it definitely translates into specific uh, uh, specific elements of the heist and, and why it was successful. So it, it is cool reading. Um, I was going
1: to say the most unrealistic thing about this movie so far is the, the amount of shit that this dude snacks on and looking the way he does.
2: <laughs> I know. I could look yeah. at a plate
1: of nachos and I'll gain fucking five pounds.
2: It, exactly. But nope, not Brad Pittman. It's all, it's all in the DNA, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's, he, he's got it. Um, so yeah, so they realized that you know t- to pull this off, uh, there's only one person they can go to that's going to have the funding to do this because it pro- it'll probably cost like five to ten million dollars to pull this off. Uh, to make that money that they're going to make on it. So, um, you know, they they know somebody, Ruben. Uh, Ruben Tishkoff, who we saw Danny looking at the, the clip and the, the newspaper clipping, which in that clipping describes how, you know, uh, uh, how Terry kind of screwed Ruben out of, out of a deal in Vegas. Uh, so, Joe, let's roll a clip on that right now, please.
3: What? I need a reason. What? <laughs> Don't say money. Why do this? Why not do it? Because yesterday, I walked out of the joint after losing four years of my life and your cold-decking, teen beat cover boys. Because the house always wins. Play long enough, you never change the stakes. The house takes you. Unless, when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. been practicing this speech. A little people. bit did I rush? It felt like I rushed. That was good. I liked it. Team things thinks it's I wonder what Ruben will say. You're out of your goddamn minds. Are you listening to me? You're both of you nuts. I know more about casino security than any man alive. I invented it, and it cannot be beaten. They got cameras, they got watches, they got locks, they got timers, they got vaults. They got enough armed personnel to occupy Paris. Okay, bad example.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love that line. I mean, Elliot Gould is flawless in this role. (laughs) He was made for this role. And he's like eating while he delivers it. Exactly. You know, he's eating eating that salad. He's stabbing it like he's murdering it, and he's eating that salad, and... Um, Reuben is great So yeah So they go out To see Reuben um, Cool thing about The house that Ruben's in It's actually in Palm Springs, California It's not in Vegas um, But I think it was uh, Designed for Quincy Jones uh, mm-hmm. Originally They paid him Or paid whoever Was living in the house 200 grand to film in it um, There's a few scenes in it
0: so And I believe that cool. house Is also in the FX show Snowfall
2: Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That makes sense because it is in Cali. So that does make sense for it to to be used as a location because it's beautiful. I mean, you know, it it covers everything you need in a a case like that. And they meet Uh, with a guy who's very similar to Ruben in that house, honestly. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Ruben talks. He talks quickly after that about, you know, previous attempts at robbing a casino. Uh, None of them went well. Um, again, I, I love his comment when he talks about the robbery in the seventies. He ends it with goddamn hippie, because <laughs> you could just look at Ruben and know he didn't like hippies when the seven, you know, when he was in the seventies. Um, you know, he <laughs> so he says it can't be done. So Danny and 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 Rusty, you know, they soul act. You know, they, they act kind of contrite and apologetic. You're right, Ruben. There's no way we can get this done. When you're right, you're right. They get up, and, you know, <laughs> Ruben talks about, I owe you from the thing with the guy in the place. <laughs> and then says this guy can get him some remainder furniture. Uh, so, you know, give him their address. Um, as they're leaving, Ruben asks them which casinos, and they let him know, the Bellagio, the Mirage, and the MGM. Um, He hears this and he's immediately in before he even actually says it because he knows those are Terry Benedict's casinos. Um, So I think we've got another clip to sort of sum up how he feels about that.
3: You're going to steal from Terry Benedict. You better goddamn know. This sort of thing used to be civilized. You'd hit a guy, he'd whack you, done. But with Benedict, at the end of it, Better not know you're involved, not know your names or think you're dead because he'll kill you and then he'll go to work on you. That's why we have to be very careful, very precise, mm. well-funded. Yeah. You got to be nuts, too. And you're going to need a crew as nuts as you are.
2: Yeah. Um, so Ruben's in he's 100% in and uh, everybody's excited so our next scene is Danny and Rusty uh, they're discussing the crew that they need um, so we'll just go the, through the list kind of quickly here uh, so Frank Catton's the first one we've already met Frank the, the great Bernie Mac rest in peace um, one of my favorite comedians ever one of the funniest people to ever walk the planet um, I miss him dearly and uh, so he's Frank he's in and um, We've got, uh, we're going to meet the Mormon twins, Virgil and Turk Malloy. It's uh, Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn. Um, they're insane. You know, they go at each other like cats and dogs. It's hysterical. Um, some quick trivia about that. Um, they are named after um, the character from The Godfather, Virgil the Turk Salazzo, who uh, Scott Kahn's father, James Kahn, had a beef with in uh, the Godfather. So they took Virgil and the Turk, and that's what they called the boys, uh, which is a pretty cool tie-in to, uh, to Scott's father and, 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 the, and the Godfather movie. Um, we then meet Livingston Dell. He's electronics. Eddie Jemison plays him. Uh, one thing I don't know if I brought up the first time around, but it's funny because in this movie, he has his moments, but he's pretty cool, calm, and collected in, in the ways that he does it. They turned him into a buffoon in the second and especially the third movie. And I don't know why, because it's almost like in the later movies he couldn't do what he was paid to do all of a sudden. And in this movie, you know, he's not the, you know, he's a little high strung, but, you know, he handled it and he did well. It was kind of weird. Um, we meet Basher, uh, who's played by Don Cheadle. He's the explosives expert. Um, yeah. We
1: meet, we meet, we meet Basher's <laughs> accent, too.
2: Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do. Yeah. Um, Joe, when when you were looking for something, we uh, Eric and I talked about the fact, or you might have been there that that we would, I would personally love to have seen Lenny James play Basher. Oh, that's a good yeah. For, yeah a good first, point. the accent would the accent would be flawless, obviously, because that's his accent, and he could have he, he could have done a, everything um, that that Don Cheadle did. And don't get me wrong, I love Don Cheadle, and and he was really good in the movie. Um, some cool trivia about that is Don Cheadle is uncredited in this role. And he wanted it that way because he tried, he negotiated or tried to negotiate with the producers to have his name above the title with, you know, with, with, with Clooney and and with Pitt and with Damon. And they refused. So he decided to be uncredited in the movie for that. Um, obviously, it was ironed out because he did thir- twelve and thirteen, and it was yeah. fine. Yeah. But um, yeah, it didn't stood- replace him with Terrence Howard. No, <laughs> that would have been funny. Wait, I got uh, two
1: words for you. I raise your pick, Idris Elba. There oh, you go.
2: Ooh, I like that too.
1: Yeah, would have up the handsomeness level of this movie as well?
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now, Shito, um, now,
1: do, I I haven't seen the sequels. I haven't seen twelve yeah. or thirteen.
2: Does his accent improve? Um, a little bit, but not much. I, I think if I read correctly, Hotel if Rwanda. I, if I read correctly, he wanted to work on it, but the producer said, no, we need to keep consistency. Just go with it. It's okay.
1: We want to keep it bad.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, they didn't want to change it. So he just went with it. So yeah. So yes, his, his, his British, his Cockney accent is tragic. <laughs> admittedly tragic. self-admittedly tragic he 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 knows that it was that bad like he yeah. was embarrassed by it
1: but you can't um, run from that it's it's
2: uh oof. yeah
0: i also would have took a, uh-huh. a michael kenneth williams omar's uh, a coming
2: yeah that might have been cool <laughs> i know that would have been good um but yeah i mean no it doesn't ruin the movie it's kind of a it's kind of a funny you know running gag if you look at it that way um so then we meet. Uh, we meet the amazing Yen. He is there. What they call Grease Man. So he is the the flexible acrobat. Um, you know, <laughs> they're they're watching a show of the uh, of the Peking acrobats. I think that's what they're called. Yeah, the Peking acrobats. They they're like an actual Cirque, troop. Cirque What's that?
0: Like Cirque du Soleil before that was a thing.
2: Yes, exactly. So they're they're an actual troop, and that's where they got the actor from. Shabo um, uh, Quinn. Quin. Um, they got him from that troop and uh, yeah the, the the rusty and 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 danny are watching it and <laughs> danny goes so who's our grease man?" and rusty's response is the little chinese guy and is a stage full of little chinese guys um so but you know they got their grease man, so that's a cool thing uh we then meet saul bloom the just indomitable Carl reiner again one of the funniest people to ever grace our presence on this planet the, the guy was a genius and rest in peace as well good sir um, he plays Saul. Um, he's their impersonator. Uh, they need to get somebody on the inside. Um, one of his lines, when, uh, Rusty meets him at the dog track in St. Petersburg, Florida, uh, when he talks about, I saw you at the paddock before the second race. And I saw you before you even got up this morning. <laughs> Since that movie, I use that line on my kids when they were young. Like when they would, when they would, if I would catch them like ready to do something shitty or bad, I would say, I saw that. I saw you before you woke up this morning and <laughs> it would scare the shit out of me. <laughs> it worked so well. So, yeah, I, I have to thank Saul Bloom for that line. Help, help me raise my kids. Um, and the last of our crew that we meet is Linus Caldwell, played by Matt Damon. Uh, we learned he's Bobby Caldwell's kid. So Bobby's, you know, a confidence man that Danny and Rusty have worked with many times. Uh, he recommends it, um, you know. He is their, yeah, he's their pickpocket and and... and and such. So they're going to need him. Uh, we learned that they're going to Vegas. Um, so he hands uh, Danny hands uh, Linus a ticket um, really quickly. Matt Damon's part was written for Mark Wahlberg um, who turned that role down to do Planet of the Apes. Poor bastard. <laughs> no, I
0: love Planet of the Apes.
2: <laughs> yeah. He, I uh, love
0: that's my favorite Planet of the Apes movie. Oh uh, God,
2: Joe. No, no, it's I, so I don't good. I understand you. The I'm All-star still, fucking cast. You, yeah, Joe, uh, you're a fucking enigma. I'm still trying <laughs> oh, to figure I you out. I
0: love that fucking movie. I mean, yeah, I'm Tim still Burton trying to figure you out, man. Masterpiece?
2: It's oh, so stung. bad. You're Even Tim hard. Burton so thinks it's good. bad. The guy who created it thinks it's a shit no, show. It's so good. They, anyways, took, so.
1: they took the fucking soul of Planet of the Apes and yes. the ending and just flipped it over and fucked it uh, until oh, it was sore, it. man. Like, oh, Michael they Clark, Duncan, rest hard. in peace. Yes, fine.
2: Yeah, I know the cast is great, Gary Oldman, oh, yes. but.
0: So fucking good. Oh, uh, no,
1: no. Anyway. I will fight you on this.
0: I might pick this movie for one of my future <laughs> you movies. You should. Oh. You should.
2: So, I can... right. Yeah, we'll have fun with it.
0: <laughs> Definitely. I love this All fucking right. movie.
2: Let's that movie. Let's do it. it. Let's do oh, it.
0: Like, they, like they did and throw it at people.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Them
0: All damn right. dirty apes.
2: <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, yeah, so he. So I, I'm personally very happy that that he made that decision because i think matt damon was was made for this role all and, and he was great and i don't think Wahlberg would have been as good um so we've got a clip uh leading us into vegas so roll up please joe
4: Less conversation, a little more action. Please. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me. A little more bite, a little less bark, a little less fight, a little more spark. Close your mouth and open up your heart. And baby satisfy me. Satisfy me, baby. Maybe close your eyes and listen to the music, Dig to the summer breeze. It's a group of night and I can show you how to use it to come along with me and put your mind.
3: but did you guys get a group
2: rate or something? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I played that clip because it's funny. I I am very much not an Elvis fan. I never dug him. I never got him. I, I think he's overrated. We can spend hours talking about that. But A Little Less Conversation is such a great tune. It's my, fa- it's my only probably one of the only Elvis tunes I I really like and I just needed to hear it this Um, is where
1: you and I will finally disagree on something okay
2: it happens it happens
0: you don't like tiny bubbles
1: I just I don't like fat Elvis like that era I like young stealing from black people Elvis (laughs) you know what I mean like like I can't help falling in love with you Elvis right the fat like Vegas like glitter Elvis I don't know there's something to about it man this may be the well only- it's hard
2: to look at I mean <laughs> yes. I, don't, I don't I don't really like mm. Elvis at
0: all honestly
2: yeah,
1: I mean, he—I I would definitely agree that he's overrated. You know, especially yeah. if you look at Eddie Cochran, dude. Like he was around at the same yes. time, and he really yes. played exactly. the guitar. You know exactly,
2: I mean? exactly. So I'm not look. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to start a fight with anyone because I know people are passionate, and you know that's the funny thing about Elvis. There's no in between with him. You either love him or you don't, or you, you hate him. Yeah, and yeah. But that's not necessarily true. I don't hate him. Just, but, but you know, this song is I love this song. And it's probably from this movie as to why I really love it, but I do dig this song. It ends with Saul opening the door and <laughs> most of the crew just standing They're looking like kids. And, you know, his, what did you get, a group rate? You know, as they all get dropped off together. I love that line. So um, so they're all in Ruben's backyard. There's a nice food spread. They're all eating and talking. Um, you know, one of the Mormon twins tries to entice Saul to, to move to Provo because he'd really like it. <laughs> And Saul's just blowing him off. Um, Danny comes out and he lets everybody know, look, um, what he's about to propose is highly highly lucrative and highly dangerous. And, you know, until you come inside and listen, you are not on the hook. Eat some food and leave. No hard feelings. We're all good. Um, everybody gets up, goes inside, except Linus. He's still sitting there. And Saul walks up to him and goes, oh, you're Bobby Caldwell's kid, huh? Yeah, you're from Chicago. You like it there? It's nice. Yeah, get in the goddamn house. <laughs> he says, and Linus just, just, as like a child, just gets up in obeys. He goes in the house. Uh, so we're going to let Danny and, and, and Rusty lay out the plan. Clip's a little long, but it's good. It'll let us know exactly what they're, what they're going to do. So roll it, Joe.
3: Gentlemen, the 3,000 block of Las Vegas Boulevard, otherwise known as the Bellagio, the Mirage, and the MGM Grand, Together, they're three of the most profitable casinos in Las Vegas. Let me see. This is the vault at the Bellagio. It's located below the strip, beneath 200 feet of solid earth. It safeguards every dime that passes through each of the three casinos above it. We're gonna rob it. Smash and grab job, huh? Slightly more complicated than that. Oh, yeah. This is courtesy of Frank Catton, new blackjack dealer at the Bellagio. Okay, bad news first. This place houses a security system that rivals most nuclear missile silos. First, we have to get within the casino cages, which anybody will tell you takes more than a smile. Next, through these doors, each of which requires a different six-digit code changed every 12 hours. Past those lies the elevator. This is where it gets tricky. The elevator won't move without authorized fingerprint identification. Which we can't fake. And vocal confirmation from both the security system within the Bellagio and the vault below. Which we won't get. Furthermore, the elevator shaft is rigged with motion detectors. Meaning if we were to manually override the lift, the shaft's exit would lock down automatically and we'd be trapped. Now once we get down the shaft, though, then it's a piece of cake. Just two more guards with Uzis and... The most elaborate vault door ever conceived by man. Any questions? No, tunneling is out. There's sensors monitoring the ground a hundred yards in every direction. If a groundhog were to nest there, they'd know about it. Anyone else? You said something about good news? Yeah, the Nevada Gaming Commission stipulates that a casino must hold in reserve enough cash to cover every chip at play on its floor. That means, on a weekday, by law, it has to carry anywhere between 60 and 70 million dollars in cash and coin. On the weekend, between 80 and 90 million. On a fight night, like the one, two weeks from tonight, the night that we're gonna rob it, 150 million without breaking a sweat. Now, there are 11 of us, each with an equal share. You do the math. Exactly.
4: I have a question. Mm Hmm. Say we get into the cage and and through the security doors there and down the elevator we can't move and past the guards with the guns
3: and into the vault we can't open. Without being seen by the cameras. Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, well, say we do all that. Uh,
4: We're just supposed to walk out of there with $150 million in cash on us without getting stopped?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: so, I mean, Saul's a king. <laughs> we see it here. <laughs> it, I mean, you don't, you don't see it here. You hear it here. But, you know, it's great. After he says, okay, he just puts his hand on his chin and he, he pops a Tums in his mouth and that's it. He's, he's fine. He's ready to go. Um, there's a lot fucking wrong with this. That drives me crazy as, as a Vegas regular. Um, the the map that Danny puts up in the beginning of this clip to show the three casinos actually removes whole casinos and city blocks worth of, of space <laughs> on this map to sort of try to show that these three casinos are close together when they're really not close together at all. Like this, the entire concept of this movie is impossible. First, there's no vault under the strip. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know on a on walking at a good pace it's it's at least a 15 minute walk from the bellagio to the mgm at least even driving because the traffic is always so crazy and on the strip you don't just drive there quickly so the the whole thing is just nutty but it's fine suspend disbelief and we're going to move on it's all good um so yeah so everybody's in they're all cool with this um we now cut to a scene where Rusty and Danny talk about uh, the, the details about what they need, tasks that they need to accomplish to get this done. Uh, the first task is reconnaissance. They need everybody to learn everything about everybody's movements in and outside the casino. They need to know how they trans, you know, when they transport money from, you know, the cages to the vault, all that kind of stuff. They they go kind of kind of nuts watching everybody um, do that. Uh, everybody's on on that task. the second task is power they need to cut the power at a certain point to get down the elevator shaft uh, Basher's in charge of that so his question is you want broke blind or bedlam and their answer is all three uh, so they're you know he's ready to go on that the third task is surveillance that is up to Livingston um, they need to tap into the video uh, the casino video feeds so that they can see what's going on and you know do their magic um, they managed to hire Charmaine the stripper to get a security access card from one of the guards who's kind of in love with her <laughs> at, from the strip club. Uh, so Rusty picks that up and, you know, he, he she gives him the card and his comment was, say hi to your mom for me. And her response is, uh, say hi yourself. She's on stage in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Rusty's, the look on Rusty's face is priceless. It's great. Um, so a quick diversion is created, uh, the Balloon Boy Diversion. <laughs> where Casey, Aff- Casey Affleck is uh, carried a bunch of balloons with a big uh, cowboy hat, Curious George cowboy hat on. Um, just to check, you know, the response, and that also helps. Livingston, dressed as the security guard with his pass, get into the back room so he can tap the, uh, tap the video surveillance. Um, the fourth task is construction. They've got to build a replica of the vault based on the plans that they have. We'll find out later why. Uh, intelligence is the fifth task linus's task with shadowing benedict learn his every move from the start of his day to the end of his day because uh, they are going to need to get those vault access codes from him eventually and the sixth task is transportation uh, we're going to roll a clip because this is the great bernie mac at his best i love this scene and because of bernie so uh, roll it joe
4: well, I am sorry, but uh, eighteen-five dollars a piece is the best offer that I could make. Well, I understand. And there are some great-looking vans you got out there. Uh, yes, sir. Top of the line. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for your time, Mr. Um... Oh, uh, denim. Billy Tim denim. Yes. Denim like a jean. Yes, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> Just like the jean. <laughs> Man, you got some lovely hands here. Do you moisturize? I'm sorry? I tried all sorts of brand of lotions. I even went fragrant free for a whole year. Now, my sister, she uses um uh, uh, aloe vera with a little sunscreen in it. Yeah. Ah. And ideally speaking, we all should wear gloves for going to bed. But I found out that that would be a little interference in my social agenda. You know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus I get a reaction from the camphor So I really don't get into the traditional remedies, I, you know. I see. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Mm. If you were willing to pay cash, yeah. I might be able to drop that down to say seven. Uh, Sixteen each? No. Yes, sir. You'd do that. Well, yes, sir. I and mean, that'll be lovely. They told me to come see you. Oh, did they? <laughs> well, I'm sure glad they did. They did. That's <laughs> what they told me. Okay, well, uh, let me go get the paperwork. And, 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 and uh, I'll be right back. You just wait here at the table, okay? You, d- you do that. Thank you, sir. Thank you.
2: <laughs> so just, f- you know, for the listeners, um, Frank Catton has has Billy Tim Denham's hand, and he's basically crushing it the entire time he's talking about the, the, the moisturizing treatments for his hands. Um, he's just squeezing it harder and harder. Um as, as Billy Tim Denham looks in the lot and watches the, 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 uh, the Mormon twins bouncing up and down on these vans, yeah. he's cringing It's so great. Um, yeah, and just, that whole thing w- w- with Bernie Mac is just fantastic. So uh, He gets a good deal on the vans. Um, we jump to a scene with Saul at the tailor. He's getting fitted for his high-end suits that he needs to portray his character of Lyman Zerga, who we'll meet in a little while. Um, he looks nervous he's you know Saul's an older dude and uh, he's been in the game for a while he just seems a little concerned so you know Danny walks up and asks him you know hey Saul are you ready for this (laughs) and Saul's yeah (laughs) Saul's response is so great if you ever ask that question again Daniel you will not wake up the following morning (laughs) and and Danny just turns around and looks at the guys and just says he's ready so uh, (laughs) Saul is ready to go it's great um we are right now at the Bellagio. Uh, we, uh, Mr. Zurga, Mr. Lyman Zurga. So Saul is checked in. Um, it's cool. I was, it was funny. I was watching this again tonight to refresh my memory, and Erica was watching it with me. And you know, we love the Bellagio. It has not changed in 20 years. <laughs> it's amazing when he walks through that lobby. Everything is exactly the same. the 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 floral on it, the glass flowers, and the ceiling. What's behind the check in counter? Everything, it's all the same, you know. I'm sure they've changed the rugs and the tapestries and shit. But otherwise, it's the same damn place 20 years later. Um, See, so he walks by Rusty and Linus who are uh, talking about, um, about Terry, about Terry Benedict. Um, Linus is very impressed with Terry. Um, he, just, he calls him a machine uh, just because of it, 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 the detail to which he follows his schedule to the letter every single day. Um, they're just talking about what he does when he gets his information, you know, the languages, he speaks everything. Um, we then move to, uh, Rusty and, and Linus standing up. (laughs) Rusty's eating a shrimp cocktail in the middle of the casino floor. It's just fucking hysterical, which in Vegas is that, you know, you would expect to see, you know, outrageous things like that. It's still funny. This jumbo shrimp cocktail and Rusty just chewing away at these shrimp. Um, and uh, Linus is talking about the best part of his day being when uh, the girl uh, comes down those stairs. Terry's girlfriend um, who curates the museum in the I, I
0: almost wish she said, like, the best part of my day is when I pull up to your house and I look out my window and I think I'm going to walk up to your door and then knock on the door and you're not going to be there. No goodbye, no nothing, just <laughs> left. <laughs> hey, yes. uh, do, do you and, like apples? yeah (laughs) how about these apples
2: (laughs) i got a number (laughs) yeah uh so we we see a shot of of uh linus and and rusty looking up the stairs and linus is in basically dreamland staring at the girl coming down the stairs and rusty's jaw drops because he recognizes her as danny's ex-wife tess uh, who was referenced in the parole hearing about leaving danny um and uh so yeah that sort of shocks rusty cuz he knows now that that Danny has you know an ulterior motive as to why we're, that they are doing this uh doing this thing um so yeah it's uh you know it's Tess walking down the stairs I digger I think one of our hosts might not I don't know
1: yeah Joe's got a real uh Julia Roberts problem
2: yeah he does doesn't he
0: you know, I wasn't going to bring this up this time. Yes, you were. Not, of course I was. She's fucking <laughs> disgusting. She's, oh, she's, not, she's not attractive at all. I don't know what Black the and white Joe. They could have... Talk about recasting. That's the one role they should have recast. Uh-huh. Jeez. Oh,
2: Joe. Yeah, I mean, nope.
0: this is the chick that's causing this whole fucking thing? I mean, really? Yes.
2: Exactly. Ugh. Sorry, Ugh. I disagree with you. That and... fucking
0: upper lip. I don't know what it is about that nasty ass upper lip. It's like it's like flipped inverted. It makes it look like she has a mustache when the shadow hits it.
2: Yes. So yeah, it's, your it's... words are
1: so hurtful, man. What did I what know, did this right? woman
2: ever do to you? Exactly. I don't
0: know, but not, apparently, you know, she didn't do for me. See, I wow. would
2: as a gross guy, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. it's awful. What I'm about to objectify Julia Roberts. Yeah. Yeah but i would classify julia roberts as attainably hot she she is not classic movie star beautiful
0: i wouldn't call her a pretty woman by any means but
2: she is attainable <laughs> she 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 looks to be attainable by the average schlub yeah which even means though why she's the not. fuck are
0: these two dudes fighting over her like give me someone better she's still
2: no she is very attractive Let's I'm see, sorry. What, I would never. What year never... was this again?
0: 2001.
2: 2001.
0: Could they not have been fighting over a Cameron Diaz or an Alicia
2: Silverstone or something like that? Yeah, Alicia Silverstone could have pulled that role off in a million years. It's Julie
0: I don't Roberts. Care. She's way hotter.
1: Say what you will, Julie Roberts is a very, very good actor.
2: Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Exactly. Yeah.
0: She's acting like she's hot. Jeez. All right. She's not. This is
2: America's getting...
1: sweetheart, Joe.
0: No.
2: Yep. Yeah. She. She even did a movie. Called America, sweetheart.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Mystic
0: Pizza, for fuck's
1: sake!
2: Couldn't we have got a Katie
0: Siegel in there?
2: <laughs> Katie what? Siegel. But yeah, that's a great comparison, Joe. That's good. yeah. She
0: could have been Peg Bundy and that bitch. <laughs> <on>. All right. <laughs> or Christina Applegate. Oh, so in she any was busy case, with Mars Attacks, though.
2: In any case, <laughs> Rusty sees that it's Tess. Rusty knows Tess. Uh, he is very concerned. Tess so, is more.
0: I mean, yes. less is more.
2: <laughs> Our next scene moves us to the hideout, the warehouse that they are working in, um, and they're, they're assembling the vault, and Rusty grabs Danny and brings him outside, and he lays into him um, about, you know, realizing the ulterior motive Danny has. Uh, Danny lets him know that, you know, or Rusty, Rusty lets him know that, you know, when it comes down to it, if you have to make a choice, what are you going to do? Because Tess doesn't split 11 ways. And Danny's response is, "If everything goes to plan, I won't have to make a choice."
0: Well, if she's as attainable as you say,
2: maybe she does. All right, (laughs) Um, but it's it's still concerning to Rusty, obviously, because you know Danny might not be thinking straight. So our next, yes, our next scene. um, We you also have to remember, Joe, that when the within the context of this movie, this isn't George Clooney, Brad Pitt, and. You know, Matt Damon. These are regular guys. They're very attractive guys, but they're regular guys. So it fits within the context of that. Okay, look at it that way. You could try anyway. to
0: justify this every which way you want. All she right. is not attractive. No,
2: I, all right, okay. Listen, Joe. So, Julia
1: Roberts has a smile that can melt the coldest of hearts.
2: Except Joe's. <laughs> yeah, that's that's rock solid. They yeah, happen. my shit's
0: like an over over fucking rated Disney movie.
2: Yeah frozen, yep. frozen. <laughs> oh man i'm so glad that movie's after my kids grew up so i'd never seen it i am was anyway. pissed
0: off that that movie came out the same year as big hero six and fucking overshadowed it which was a much better movie that's big hero true. six
2: i've actually seen that's a great flick that's i love true. that yeah. movie talking about yeah, it came out the box. same
0: year as frozen and frozen like completely overshadowed it and i'm like come on
1: yeah i, I will say in defense of frozen i like the little snowman song that was good
0: Well, yeah, Josh Gad is a fucking great actor. Yeah, he is.
2: He's a cool dude. And Uh, he's ugly,
0: too. So you could be an ugly, great actor.
2: Yes, exactly. That's what that... So we're going to move on to the next scene, which has our (laughs) ugly, great actor in it, okay? We are now in the art gallery that Tess curates, all right? She is assessing a piece of art, and this is my reference, Joe, all right? So her aide-de-camp, as he's listed in the cast list on IMDb, is standing next to her. There's music playing. We're not hearing what they're saying. But he is played by an actor named uh, J.P. Minot who played Dean Pelton's doppelganger on yep. Community. Okay. And he also played the ALS guy in the ALS episode of The League.
0: Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> so, I'm waiting, Joe. I, no? I mean,
0: I don't know what to do. I can't go full Manzoukas right but, now. Who, All right. Was, the, who I just, was
2: in The League?
1: It, he had, uh, Manzoukas is in The League. You had Manzucas, yeah. you had uh, Nick Kroll.
2: Nick Kroll. And, Jay Duplass. Uh, yeah, Jay Duplass. Or Mark, is it
0: Jay or Mark? I think uh, it's Mark, du- I think it's Mark. Mark, Mark it's
2: Duplass. Mark, it's Mark Duplass. It's
0: Mark
1: Duplass. I love Nick I- Kroll as the douche in uh, Sausage. <laughs> what is that movie? Uh, sausage Party?
0: Yeah, so basically that's the show Big Mouth is him as yeah. the douche in Sausage Party. Oh, okay. Nick Kroll is fucking the show Big Mouth along with a bunch of other people, but like it's his right. show.
2: Uh, John LaJoy is also in the league, and yeah, he is a joy um, as Taco. He is absolutely amazing. The dude
0: that plays Kevin, I don't remember his name, but the fucking uh, his wife He's, is hot. See now, yeah. she's hot. Like, why couldn't they put her in there?
2: <laughs> she's hot. Are you
1: just gonna start listing more attractive? Women? I know exactly.
2: <laughs> fucking
0: <laughs> the girl that plays Jenny, I'm like, yeah, she's like into football. She's fucking cool. She's hot. Yeah. I'm like, i know we're couldn't...
2: off on we're off on a tangent here, but the guy who plays Kevin is the guy who. Opened his mouth and talked about the fact that he was in the towers of 9 11 and <laughs> backtracked yeah. that shit. Oh. Fucking Paul Shearer. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and Paul Shearer. Yeah. Shiba That's a great Comedia, show. But any-
0: on on, on, on Asamar, whatever the fuck her name is.
2: Yes. But in, in any case, um, the fact that I mentioned, I referenced an ALS guy episode in The League Let you know. Where the league is going, or where the, where the league lives, as far as a comedy goes, yeah. there was a whole episode devoted to a guy with ALS.
0: And fucking, uh, I'm going full Manzukis. You know <laughs> that chick's not even that hot. Like, why are they like talking about her like she's some fucking piece of ass, and she's not? Because I'm Jason Manzukis, and this is how I talk. Everything single thing I do is like, is it a question or am I really being serious right now? All right. And on that note, we're gonna pay some bills, so we'll see you guys in the next part. Hey guys are you a guitar player and you like custom stuff well if you are uh you've come to the wrong place honestly uh no i'm just playing my name's joe and i run a a little company called like my pedals and i don't believe in websites because they're for suckers so if you want to find me you got to go to facebook.com backslash like my pedals and send me a message you know when you look at the shelf and you just say they never have exactly what i want well that's kind of where i come into play for you here You want a picture of a little tiny Yoda eating a frog's eggs and ruining every hope of Star Wars ever making a good series? Come to me. I'll put it on a pedal. I may not like the show, but I'm definitely not against selling it. Um, If you want electrolytes, because that's what guitar players crave, well, I'll make you a custom Idiocracy pedal. You know, it's whatever you want really with Like My Pedals, because you want people to look at your board and say, man, I like your pedals.